Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's happening? Hello. What? Oh, remember Beach Days? Yes, that was cute. That oh, was, those boys Beach Days, bro. became really famous, didn't they? And then what did they do? They were still really famous. Are they? You know, the Van Someones, Christian... No, and they that's made not them. Oh, it is. It's it? them. It's yeah, them. it's them. Beach days, bro. That was their best. Do you have a chop? Do you have a chop? Oi! How did it go? Um, I'm beach days. I'm beach days, bro. You're beach days. <laughs> <laughs> to Chick Street. Thanks. Thanks for having me. My name's Heidi Klum. Um, hmm. I'll be sealed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is she with anyone anymore? I'm sure she is. She probably is, but let's just go with seal. Seal. What a disappointment he turned out to be. I used to really like him in the 90s, like really, really like his music. I used to get into his album so big time. Why is he a disappointment to you? Because of... Well, then he went on The Voice and he oh. kind of showed his personality and he was a mansplainer. Yeah. Of the highest degree. Yeah, he was a bit, wasn't like, he? Yeah, and a bit sleazy. Did you, did you get... Really? I did. Did I did. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't... A little bit of a know-it-all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I just thought he was just this cool alternative musician back mm. in the 90s that was, like, really cool and open and... It, but then I don't know. it just got ruined. I don't know him. Let's not judge. <laughs> Let's not judge him. How's your week been? Oh, it's so quiet. Yeah, I felt it this week. Did like, you? really, I think it's the weather. The weather's yeah, been, been shit good. in Melbourne. It it's, has. It's gotten really cold again. It has. Went, like, yeah. heaters back on. Oh, cold. yeah. Heaters back on, Ugg boots back on, um, electric blankets back on. Oh, I don't have one of those. That would heat me up like a bloody sausage. <laughs> sausage in a blanket. Pig in a blanket. <laughs> but I yeah. do ha- like to have my, wo- my womb warm. <laughs> Not my womb, Your my womb room. warm, yep. yep. And then I don't really sleep with my covers on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I, like I, a room. I cuddle my covers and then, um, yeah. you know. I, I just don't like... like a warm room. That makes me feel a bit yeah, claustrophobic. I know. We've slept together mm. in the same bed. And, um, yeah, you hate it. Yeah. But I don't like the cold air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've started using my CPAP machine again this week. What's that? It's for sleep One. apnea. Oh, right. Which I haven't used in a while. So I'm hoping it makes a big difference with my fatigue yeah yeah i think who knows it's really sexy though i mean oh, it's, I bet it it's, it's as long as <laughs> as long as it's looking sexy then oh, who cares if it works cares? or not it's absolutely i've started sleeping in the nutty which is nothing oh. I, I never used to do that but i'm really enjoying getting into a nice warm bed yeah but being in the nutty it's so freeing a lot of people sleep in the nutty i have been known to sleep in the nutty but since I've moved to Melbourne, no. Because it's cold? Really my thing. No, yeah, cold in winter and in summertime I have all the 
kind of the doors open and mm. I don't have any fly um, screens so I get bitten by. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about that for a second? Because oh, the when I arrived today to start fi- recording, filming I was going to say, recording. We could be filming. Evie's popped up on her couch and she's sitting there stealth mode holding <laughs> what could only be described as a child's tennis racket <laughs> but turns out it's a fly squatter and she's squatting flies one fly at a time <laughs> well sometimes none at, at a, time. a time mostly none because you do it's, have a, f- a fly problem and I've, i do and we've tried you've tried many things I've, I've been to bunnings with you when you have scoured those aisles i've googled it you're like i've tried that tried that tried I've, that i've bought i seriously should have bought shares in fly spray yeah because the amount of money i've given to whoever owns those things yeah. and yeah. i think i'm just killing me and my dogs with it yeah i don't like when you use fly spray no i don't know what to do though because i can't stand the flies if anyone has any ideas <laughs> i'll tell you what i've tried so far i've tried those square plastic bottles where you mix the powder up into the bottle and the flies fly in and they can't get out yeah okay they just stink <laughs> And for some reason, they just stop working. The flies kind of tell each other, don't go there. Mm-hmm. So they don't. I have the fly zapper, yep. which they don't fly into because it has to be kind of light at night. And the flies don't come at night. They only oh, come through the day. See, that doesn't I don't work. have a mosquito problem. No. I've tried the fly spray. I've tried the outdoor misty ones, you know, that go yeah. every 30 seconds. I've tried yeah. the fly strips yep. that just I wore them. I could not get that shit off my hands. <laughs> Maybe you should make a fly strip suit. Like get a onesie and stick the fly strips to your onesie and yeah. then just that's how you can just hang out. I don't want to. The flies <laughs> never come near me. That's the one thing is the flies don't annoy me in my face. They're, They're just, just in the air, they, aren't they? There are so many. I have on both sides of me um, immigrant houses so yes. they have a lot of fruit fruit on one side vegetables yeah. on the other so yeah. which is fantastic but you'd think they would have fruit flies they're not fruit flies they're louis the flies they are louis the flies they're they're um they're the kind of fly that lands on <laughs> mike pence's head <laughs> just about to say funny we're talking about flies because um god didn't that fly steal the show oh, didn't he <laughs> Sit on shit. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. yeah. He God. stayed for two minutes. <laughs> I reckon got stuck in his hairspray. Yeah, probs. <sighs> probs. So I watched something I wanted to talk to you about. Okay, watch away. I mean, talk away. And it's on Netflix at the moment. Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's called uh, College Behind Bars. Oh, college. So the pe- kids are learning or anyone is getting a degree while they're yeah. incarcerated. Yeah, so I've watched four episodes of it and it's made me cry last night. It was really, really sad. Why? Because they graduated. One of the one of the kids graduated. These these prisoners, and, I, you know, like let's not get into the chat about prisons because you know how I feel about prison and I've just always had this fascination with prisons and just that it's not working. Like whatever's happening, it's not how, whatever working. they've come up with, this thing that they've come up with to how we treat criminals, it's not working. It's not working. So anything that tries to rehabilitate or get people 
to be able to come back into normal society. And yes, they've done something wrong, but you know, they've spent 20, like one guy, for example, went to prison when he was 16. He's been in prison for 24 years he takes part in this university program. So the, the so the documentary is about a university program that's gone into prisons and um, it's called Bard University and they offer kind of like you have to – the prisoners have to write an essay and they have to have an interview about why they want to go into it. And it's a two-year course mm-hmm. and they end up getting an associate bachelor or a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And they're studying literature, they're studying classical studies, they're studying oh. – German philosophy, like it's amazing, like calculus, like super, super smart dudes. That should happen in every prison. Yeah. But the argument is that, you know, that's that's funded by the federal government and... And, and our universities aren't funded by the federal government. So, so... why are they getting it and we're not? Exactly. So that's exactly... So give it to everyone. The argument. Yeah. And, and that's the argument. It's not... And this is... I was chatting to to our friend Matt about this the other day and the argument isn't that federal government's funding college in prison it's that it's not funding college full stop out of prison so but there's you know obviously there's this huge kind of debate around you know one governor says there's footage of this governor saying well I've just told my son to you know instead of um going on the path that he was going on I just told him to go rob a bank and then just spend a couple of years in Mm. jail and you can get a free education Mm. so there's kind of this you know so there's that whole debate going on but it's just ridiculous it is it is stupid such a stupid thing to say trying to prove his point you know but one of the guys so get this right he went to prison when he was 16 because he was driving down a street and he saw a guy coming towards him with a gun and he had a sh- he and then his friend had a gun so he got his friend's gun and they had a bit of a shootout by mistake the other guy mm. shot a woman in the street and she died oh. and he and the and the this guy Jewel he knew this woman right so he was devastated that she had been caught in the crossfire he didn't shoot her the other guy did he got sent to um, 30 years jail for being an accomplice. What did the other guy get? And the other guy, I think, got life. Holy shit. When he was 16. Oh, my God. What were they doing? So these... Shooting each other? Yeah, well, they shouldn't have been shooting each other. No, so, no, but were so they guy trying was, to kill each other? No, well, I, it, there was a, I think there was a misunderstanding that this guy was running with a gun and the guy in the car was trying to defend himself and thought, this guy's coming for me, thinking he's just he's just going to get shot so he pulls out his gun and right. goes to shoot him this is why everyone should and have gu- guns yeah they work so well don't they prove my point yeah so this stories how you prove a point yeah governor yeah there's stories like that where there's these young boys who have been in prison since they're yeah. 16 and they know that they fucked up they yeah. know that they've yeah. you know and they they just want to come back and be better and you know come back into society so they're trying their hardest to get their education and to be able to you know and it just follows the story of this man he's now 41 Mm. and he's um he gets he does his his bachelor's he writes a freaking thesis on german farming or agriculture mm-hmm. after the war right and it's a it's like a book right what yeah. you would write if you were doing a master's yeah they have to do this final project he writes that he is up for parole 
and he finally gets out on parole. And he just, you see him just get out of jail in Queens and he's just standing on the side of the road. He's got his little suit on and he's just like, what do I do? What do I do now? And he ends up getting a job as a telemarketer, but then he gets a job in a marketing company and he's like the... You know, it's like the boy Friday. He'll, mm. He he goes and does the packages and does all... But he's so excited that he's been able... And they have an interview with a woman who owns the agency and she says she's just a big believer in giving people... And it's just so beautiful. And mm, like, oh, that. it's really... It really goes into kind of prison and, and yeah, you know, the system and... Um, how it's not working for how, some. And yeah. I mean, because with others, what do you do? You know, like there are real evil criminals out yeah. there. And yeah. yeah. I think there needs to be different criminal systems. Absolutely. There needs to be criminal systems for drug um, crime. Because Doesn't that's that just completely different. All the people who are in for pot. I mean, come on. Oh, my God. And in England and Portugal, um, the UK-ish... But Portugal definitely have yeah. an amazing system with crime for drug-related yeah. crime yeah. Yeah. and rehabilitating rather than um, incarcerating. Yeah, yeah. You know, know your difference, I reckon. And 100%. The laws have got – anyway, I don't yeah. know. I know. It's a big topic. It is a big topic. But I, any time I hear about anything to do, do with prisons, do? I'm always like – you know, I know. I, I love... and you've got to bow down to the masses too and the hysteria and the panic. Yeah. And I yep. don't envy anyone in that position mm. in government mm. that has to make that kind of a decision. But they have really fucked up, I think, mostly. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately let the community down by bowing down to the community's fears. Yeah. Well, Clinton actually, because it goes all into this, and Clinton actually introduced a, a bill that said no more. He took it away. So any sort of um, college-funded stuff in prisons, he took it away, and Obama brought it back. Brought it back. And, um, well, he'd know also, you know, how disenfranchised minorities are. Yeah, exactly. Clinton wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, and it's and it's true. They're all black, Hispanic, and Asian men, mm. um, and there's they do they do women as well, but they don't go into the stories as much with the women. But but you know, you just you, you sit in on their classes because they do they do have to go to classes and they have to. It's like an, it's like when they walk through a certain door, they're at school and they're a student, and then you're as soon as very differently. get treated very differently, and as soon as they walk through another door, mm. they're prisoners again, and they try to reconcile these two different people and they're like you know and it's it's just so beautiful and they sit in class and they they're just these men that look so you know I don't know just the the stereotypical kind of like mean man that you go oh shit he's had a hard life and they're they're having a conversation about Moby Dick and um you know like Greek mythology and literature and how And the, the professors are amazing because they're like they try to always bring back the examples to their life. And you know, why did you think on the street that you were like this character from this? Yeah. And it's oh yeah, kiss me, yeah. Kiss me, it's so beautiful. That sounds great. What's yeah. it called? Uh, College behind bars. Okay, College behind bars. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch that. I think you'd love it. I yeah, think you'd I do really too. Love it. Mm. I went on a picnic. Yesterday. I saw that. That looked so Oh, my God. Lovely. It was. <laughs> can I just say, though, mm-hmm. it was exhausting. Why? Because I haven't, haven't been done. out. <laughs> and 
I did not realize how exhausted I was going to be and I thought oh, I'm gonna you know end up like we'll go on not go on but you know maybe just yeah um yeah. hang out a bit after yeah I was like I'm, I'm done did you did you break your no drinking yeah I did oh. I did I had a little rosé good on you I'm 13 a, days today yes I know I had not um, that I'm you know but yeah no look I'm right. winning well I just realized it was good actually because I realized when I don't want to drink, it's okay to say I don't feel like a drink. Yeah. And when I do, it's okay to say, yeah, I'll have a little drink. Or if I want to get absolutely hammered. Know the consequences. Know the consequences. Yeah, it's all my decision. You know what I'm going to call it after my 30 days? Conscious drinking. Yeah. Yeah. It is conscious drinking. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I've, yeah. I mean, I've always been you know, not always, but, you know, lately in the last, say, decade, been very big about non-diets. So I find that restriction doesn't work for me. Yeah, and it doesn't work for some people feeling like But for others it does, and that's fine. But for me, saying you're going to go 30 days without alcohol um, is an interesting experiment. Yeah. Um, But I wasn't into the experiment. Yeah. um, Because I wasn't feeling any, you know, I don't... I only drink on the weekend. I don't drink on my own. Mm, um, mm, mm. I could, you know, but I just thought, oh, I don't, there's other things I want to get into other than that. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So that's a nice breeze, actually. Yeah, we'll leave that open. Okay. 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 But the picnic. Yeah. Stupidly ate something before I went, didn't I? What? I didn't eat just before I went. I ate late lunch and oh, then we had this at 3.30. Oh, I did okay. not realise how much food there was going to be. Really? This, was it Did yum? you see this big box? Yeah, I did. Of French food. A whole baguette was baguette. in there. I know. An entire wheel of cheese. They had <sighs> macarons. Can we book it for next week? We can book it for any Tomorrow. time. Yeah. It's booked out. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got to book in advance. And I think I've just – because I – posted it i've given everyone a i'm on the bottom of the list probably <laughs> hard to get in everyone's in. people were walking You've past going shit to yourself this is a great idea yeah you get the table and chairs and it's that black and white rattan chair that oh. gets you you know <laughs> so it, and french it had a white tablecloth oh god and and especially if you've been watching emily in paris which is just the yep. best like gobble that shit right up oh it's yes oh. and i love entrecote as yeah, a place to go because they yep. do nice little cheeseburgers. Oh, cheeseburgers! Like, they do like you know, it's not Monsieur. What are those Monsieur ones? Croque Monsieur. Oh, yeah, yeah. And th- you know, Frenchy, Frenchy shit. Yep. Pommes frites. Yum. Oh, it's not bad. So I'm yeah, it was like, so I did have a little now. dry French. And good. it's funny because we're talking to the guy and he said all French rosé is dry. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure it's French. Yeah, that's what I that's what I do when I order rosé, make sure it's French. French. Yes. Found that out a little while Sweet. ago. I thought, because that, that not bright coloured rosé. Oh, no. That's like lolly water. No, yeah, it's like blurg. How was, um, we had, we, we had um, met a friend last week after the podcast actually and and got some non-alcoholic oh, wine yeah. and tasted like Robina. It was <laughs> he just I had a friend come <laughs> over. I had our producer editor come over for a dinner this week. Yes, Sammy. Sammy. And he sweet 
boy bought from the bottle shop yeah. a bottle of non-alcoholic wine, which was a Shiraz. It looked the the biz. Beautiful. I didn't have the heart to tell him that I'd already had some and it was awful. <laughs> so I was like, crack it open. Come on. And we both had it. It was like dry Ribena. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't good. Yeah, it's not good. So I it's said to him, good. get rid of that. The white's not bad. I've had the I've had the oh, Savvy okay. Blanc and that's not bad. Well that's because we had that, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, At but it wasn't last cold. week. But it wasn't cold, so we didn't drink it. But it's okay, but it, there's a lot of sugar in it. Well, and that's the thing. I woke up with the biggest sugar headache anxiety. the next morning. That's what gives me anxiety oh. after I've drank bad wine. The sugar it's and the preservatives. the preservatives. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I really do believe buy organic, buy clean wine. Yeah. Buy non like I've I've actually gone off that a bit, but um I need to get back, back onto yeah. it because it does make a big difference. Conscious drinking, see? Mm, that's mm, it. Mm, think about mm. it. Well I think if you think I think if you start to buy that more, it's a demand then. They'll start to make more of it. They'll start to stock more of it. Yeah, that's right. At any rate. At any rate. Um, so it was nice. So we're definitely doing peak neek. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you very much. It's expensive. Is it? That's okay. But it's worth it. Not we're worth it. on anything else. This woman that walked past, she goes, oh, it's a wonderful idea. And I just went, yeah, it's expensive. I don't know why because we're in Turak and I'm like, I'm telling Turak women to watch their money. And then I'm <laughs> They probably looked at me like, you poor, poor little bitch. <laughs> and I said to them, look, I've done all of Brighton. <laughs> all of Brighton. Now I'm here just doing, having a little drink of booze. But um, I, I thought, you know, we haven't spent any money this year on no. tolls or petrol. No, we haven't. And we haven't. So we're going out. Exactly. Pub and meals, I restaurant mean, meals. Yeah, yeah. I've done a lot of online shopping, but that's so hard. I've done a lot of Uber eating. Yeah. But it's not the same. Yeah. And I've still got same. some Moolah left yep. for a picnic. That's good on you. Uh, anywho. Okay. Okay, my chicken the now this week. Go. Yeah. Chicken in, chicken in, chicken in the now. Woo! Chicky in the now, now chicky in the now. Woo! Chicky in the now, now chicky in the now. Woo! Big fly. That's a March fly. Yeah, Pete's all over this thing. Get it. Go get it. Get it. Good boy. Oh, you get that fly. My sissy's looking too. She's thinking, I could get it if I wanted to. Pete's blind in one eye. So when it comes to this side, he's like, what? As long as it's in his left. Oh, it's in your right. Oh, cap left. Left, right. <laughs> Pete, it'll come back, mate. Oh, All right. Oh. My chicken the now is a is a controversial chicken the now. Oh, this week a bit of controversy. But she is someone that has done something this week that I think is worth noting. Yep. And I do know this woman. I seem to know them every week, don't yeah. I? Yeah. Um. And a lot of people disagree with her or dislike her. Yeah. Uh, and I get that. Okay. I was one of those people. Good. But I like her. Her name's Jackie Lambie. Oh. oh. Controversial. Yes. A Jackie Lambie. Jesus Christ. Do we want to go there? I know. We do want to go there. No, go, go, go. Um, this week she made a very beautiful speech in Parliament. Did she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really good speech. Yeah. And it has gone virus. I love it. I love a good virus. Um, <laughs> Said no one. Voting against the government's 
proposed legislation yeah. to hike up uni fees. Okay. She said in Parliament this week, we aren't living in the land of opportunity yet and that many Australian kids in regional areas were being left behind. Yeah. She said, I'll be damned if I vote to tell those rural and regional areas of Tasmania that they deserve to have their opportunities suffocated in a way that they'd never even know. I'm not doing it. I'll never do that. Mm. I don't care what you offer. I'm doing her now. Oh, yeah? You can offer me a billion bucks for Tasmania, but I won't sell our kids. I refuse to be the vote that tells poor kids out there, those sitting on that fine line, that no matter how gifted, no matter how determined you are, you might as well dream a little cheaper because you can't afford it. Oh, that goes in with what we were talking about before. Yeah, it really does. And it's so, yeah, when you, yeah. So the speech is beautiful. If you haven't seen it, go and have a look. You can find it anywhere this week. Yeah. Um, she talks about herself not being not going to university because yeah. she joined the army and she's very proud of that. Mm-hmm. But she never mm-hmm. had the – she would never even thought about joining going to university. Yeah, and there's a lot of kids who, who just – it wouldn't even be on their radar. Yeah. So I think it's just come at a really mm. nice time because it's something that we need to – Always be aware of that everyone deserves a higher education. What's that? Is that a higher education? Higher education. Tertiary? Yep, yep. tertiary. Mm-hmm. Tertiary yep. education. Yep. Everyone, no yes. matter what your yep. social, st- I mean, economic status is. Yeah, I agree. So I was in the jungle with her last year. Yeah. And I found her <laughs> quite the prickly pear. Yes, yes. But I really warmed to her because she had a very dry, naughty sense of humour. Yeah, yeah. And when you had an argument with her, she went you like a rabbit dog. <laughs> but if you stood your ground and you argued facts back at her, she'd listen to you. Yeah, yeah. And there was a conversation that her and I had that really changed my views Mm -hmm. about her. And I thought, you're too good to be a politician, but you're the politicians we need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, she's only for Tasmania. Yes. I think that that's the only thing that I think we need her federally. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we were talking about the the lockout laws in Sydney. And she was like, you know, they work and they've proven to work and everything. And I said, no, they haven't. They've just closed businesses down and there hasn't been any more violence because there's been no one out. So that's a pretty easy way to, you know. And she said, what what would you do then? Like, what's the alternative? And I said, well, you look at countries like um, Holland and places that have got all outdoor music and Mm. entertainment and Mm. how much that changes the whole mood and energy of people waiting in a line to go into a venue make everything alfresco as haven't part partly alfresco stuff and she was like Mm. oh i'd never thought of that that's a great idea you know she was really open in politics no (laughs) that's what they're going to do with melbourne though yep which is great. They're going well, to do some outdoor. We're going to have to do that for over Christmas I, time. Just with Entrecote yesterday doing mm. that picnic, mm. I looked at the Botanical, which is just up the road, the Botanical Restaurant, Hotel, whatever it is, and the um, – I think – I can't remember what the one in Paran is called, but they're all really, really thinking about yeah. what are we going to do. And I think they're going to come up with some pretty – 
Yeah. Creative ideas. Not only outdoor, that kind of thing, like outdoor on the footpath, mm, mm. but being able to go across to a park. Yeah. They should Working reckon- with your local council. Yeah. Rooftops, you know, a Amazing. lot of like yeah. Chadston and stuff, they're all redoing the roofs of shopping centres to be food courts. Yeah, because right. Because you can't have food courts. I reckon they should just shut down Chapel Street or part of it. And just just make it that's a great uh, idea. No cars, just people like like, the like a festival. Yeah, like it's a like festival. the corso, like the corso, and like it's a it's a you know only people. for people. Yes. Or make it a shared space, similar to kind of Greville Street. Maybe that's a bit too. But you know, have have yeah, just have everything outside. Yeah, I don't think um let cars go in there. Yeah, okay. Let's maybe not let cars let go the in tram there. go. Through, yeah, the tram and that's can. It. Yep. And that's it. And all the streets around. Yeah. You know, make better parking bay, yeah. like parking buildings. Yes. They do have those that's off Pete. Street. Just having a little drink. <laughs> Bloody thirsty so, yeah, work catching those r- flies. It is, and you didn't even catch them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I think we're all going to watch, see some real creative ideas coming out. I think so be, too. It's exciting because... Did, no one wants to let, see anything shut down. Exactly. And it's time, you know, I just think about all those places that are just have been shut for so long. I think we need to start living with this virus uh, yeah. now. We need to learn how to live with it. Yeah, yeah. It's no big deal, Evie. Oh, Jesus. You know, it's no big deal. Just don't, come on, don't be afraid of it. Don't let it dominate Don't let it dominate your life. Your life. Oh, oh, that's good. All right. Jackie Lambie. Yeah. We, we, we hurrah yeah. you. Hurrah. Don't <laughs> add us if you don't agree with yeah. Evie's opinions. Blah, well, blah, blah, and it's blah. like like I said, you don't have to like Jack. Yeah. But um, yeah. she was a big I would one be on curious. drugs and yeah, she Yeah, she's always been because of her son. And her son. Yeah. But um, I I think I, I, I'm curious about people like that, you know. I think, I think if you replace – judgment with curiosity Mm. and you go oh i'd love to have a conversation with Mm. her and just see what how her brain ticked i think it's as a rule we should be more curious yeah we seem to have become quite the absolute Mm. society haven't we and Mm. we talk in absolutes we do we're right or left we like it or we don't exactly we judge them and yes. we've make our minds up and very hard to change their minds and we won't listen to the other side. Well, except for coriander. Coriander's well, fucked I'm and I'm turning, never going to like it. I'm turning. You know me. I, I give it a go. Ugh. Sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I don't like it. But I keep eating it. I It's in so many it. foods that I like. All right. Anywho. Anywho. Who have we got this week? Oh, my God, I've got the best about. story for you. I mean, I say that every week. For me? But for everyone. I know I probably say that every week. Oh, we but... had a, uh, a little suggestion yep. from our dear friend Lisa Spunner oh. yesterday. Yes. She said she'd like in our Instagram yep. posts yep. just a little four-pointer of what the chick's tree is known for because sometimes she tries to remember oh. while she's telling someone else. Yes. And I'm like, well, that just then tells the whole, why would you listen if you, mm. you know, but I get it. It's in the show notes. I think, I think up on the, just a little, because like, you know, last week we talked about Myra. Why don't we save this for the production meeting? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, last week about, I, I would like to see what other people think. Yeah. Do you want us to put little 
pointers of yeah so you can, can remember that because mm. remember myra last week we we're trying to think of what she invented yeah yeah i mean but look to be honest we have a hard enough time getting you to update the spreadsheet yeah, I don't know how to do it. But we do have a big announcement coming up very soon about how people can support us. Yes. And we haven't told Sammy about that yet, but we're going to tell him t- later today because we'll have a little production meeting. Sammy's going to support us. Sammy's nodding and putting his fingers up. Not the bad finger, just the peace sign. Yeah, and then he's doing a thumbs Deuces. up. And then, yep, okay, good. Chick's tree. Love it. Now, um, okay. Let's talk about Monopoly. The game? Yeah. Did you know that there has been over 250 million sets of Monopoly sold since its invention and the game's been played by over half a billion people? Um, and it is it, that makes it the most popular game in the world. I wonder how many of those people... Mm-hmm have shoved those little pieces up their nose at some point. Yeah. And I'd like to know how many of them have swallowed them and had to poo them out later. Well, let's do some more research and find that out. Now, the problem with Monopoly is that for centuries and even still today, the story of how Monopoly came to be was that an unemployed man who was down on his luck called Charles Darrow... Darrow. 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 Who was on the brink of destruction and despair. Came up. Despair? (laughs) Came up with the game in his basement. He was not doing that in his basement. The the story goes (laughs) is that he sold his idea to Parker Brothers and he made millions and actually did make millions he had quite the monopoly didn't he the trouble with that story is that like many others in history it's not we're learning that it's not exactly true and the real story which has largely been lost and in some cases has been deliberately written out of history of course you know what they say history is written by the winners or the victors Correct. Elizabeth J. McGee was McGee? born. McGee? Yeah, McGee. Darrow? <laughs> McGee? Don't, can you not repeat everything I say? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Elizabeth J. McGee was born in <laughs> Illinois oh. in 1866. Where's Illinois? Illinois... Cincinnati? South? Is that in the south? Illinois. Is Illinois a, a state? It's a state, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Um, her father, James K. McGee, uh, was a newspaper publisher. He was an a, a, uh, abolitionist who accompanied Abraham Lincoln oh. as he travelled around Illinois in the late 1850s debating politics with Stephen Douglas. So a little bit of a history lesson. Stephen Douglas? Is he related to Frederick Douglas? I don't know. We'll we'll find out. Abraham Lincoln was obviously the guy who went around trying to, and he did abolish slavery. Yeah. And the Stephen Douglas guy was at the, one of the advocates of saying that each territory should be allowed to determine whether to permit slavery within its own borders. So moral of the story is... Uh, Elizabeth's dad was pretty 
cool because he went around with Abraham Lincoln debating (laughs) the abolitionist theory. (laughs) Now, when Lizzie, which is what her friends called her, was about 16, she got a job working as a stenographer. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm fascinated by stenography. I used to be a stenographer. That was my first job. Really? Yeah, in a lawyer, law firm. How, how does it, was, it work? Oh, hang on. Is a stenographer um, someone who get, types the dictation of something? No, a stenographer oh, the ones in the is laws. a person who makes a written verbatim record using a unique shortened yep. writing style called steno on a yep. steno machine. So in courts they have stenographers. Yeah, so I was, I've never you? been a stenographer. Okay. Have you ever seen... <laughs> God, I'd like to be. Thanks for, for clarifying Cla- that. Clarifying, clarifying that. Um, but have you seen those stenographers? Like, And you know what? I'd love to – they use a special theory based on syllables mm. rather than letter by letter mm-hmm. to type out. Like it's just – It's the same as shorthand. How does it work? How does it work? Oh, it's about sounds. I know. It's just – I mean, so I don't know how it works. It's amazing, isn't it's it? It's about sounds, but it's the same as shorthand. Amazing. I started to learn shorthand when right. I was young because I used to be a transcriber. Okay, yeah, yeah. So at the age of 26, she actually invented, she was a little inventor herself. And we she, love an inventor. She invented a, a typewriting process which allowed the paper to go through the rollers more easily. So she's typing away and she's like hang on a minute I'm gonna we need to do something here she was also known to her friends as an outspoken activist for the feminist movement and for Georgism Georgism yes and I'm gonna tell you what that is Georgism uh, which reflected her father's political beliefs Mm -hmm. um, and she really kind of her dad gave her a book on it and Mm -hmm. she got really into it and Georgism refers to the economic perspective that instead of taxing income or other sources the government should create a universal land tax based on the usefulness size and location of the land then after funding the government the leftover money should be distributed to the people. So um, many progressive political leaders at the time supported this economic perspective mm-hmm. as it motivated people to cultivate land and it redistributed wealth mm. to the people of a low socioeconomic standing. So it's like public housing afterwards. So it eradicated the idea of landowners and landlords, of them ho- holding the power and all the monetary value, and it let people own um all the people own all of the value from what the land was giving. She also believed that women were equally as capable as men in inventing, in business and in other areas as well. And unlike most women of her era, she supported herself and she didn't get married until she was 44. Wow. She saved up on her own and she bought her own home near Washington and she also had several acres. Um, She was against marriage and so much so that she staged a stunt where she was actually mocking marriage. Oh, no. um, And as the only option for women. Um, And it made national headlines. Wow. She purchased an ad in a paper. Mm Mm-hmm. Offering herself for sale as a young woman American slave Mm. to the highest bidder. 
Her ad said that she was not beautiful but very attractive and that she had features full of character and strength yet truly feminine. The ad quickly became the subject of news stories and gossip around the country. The goal of the stunt, uh, Lizzie told reporters, that she wanted to make a statement about the dismal position of women. Quoting, we are not machines, girls have minds, desires, hopes and ambitions. Mm. The ad was meant to show the position of women and black people in the country, emphasising the fact that the only people that were truly free were white men. The ad, Isn't that amazing that it's still true today? Yeah, totally. The ad um, became the talk of the town and it spread rapidly um, and she made herself a name as a bit of an outspoken and proud feminist. Mm. So she began teaching classes about her political views and beliefs in the evenings after work, but she wasn't reaching enough people and she was thinking she really wanted to get her views around Georgism and this kind of way that she thought the world should be, mm-hmm. which isn't that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Um, so she wanted to think of something more interactive and more creative. America at the turn of the century. By 1900, the American nation had established itself as a world power. The West had been won, and Native Americans were forced onto reservations and homesteading, and the introduction of barbed wire brings an end to the open range. By 1900, major oil fields were being attacked in Kansas, Illinois, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Texas. John D. Rockefeller dominated the world's petroleum markets. In 1903, the Ford Motor Company was founded and the age of the automobile was underway, with Ford introducing the first moving assembly line in 1913 at the Ford factory in Highland Park. In 1906, Thomas Edison of Milan, Ohio, invents the nickel alkaline storage battery. He will go on to set up the Edison Storage Battery Company to develop and manufacture them. Wee-haw! No, yee-haw! Giddy So at the turn of the 20th century, board games were becoming really popular. They were commonplace for middle-class families. Um, Changing workplaces gave rise to more leisure time, electric lighting uh, was reinventing the daily schedule and games could now be played uh, more safely at home and for longer periods of time. So uh, board games became quite the pastime. So she set to work drawing and redrawing, thinking and rethinking up a game that would be based on the theories of Georgism. And this was all because of her dad giving her this book from Henry George, who was the founder of Georgism, and the book was called Progress and Poverty. As an anti-monopolist, her father drew from the theories of George, who was a charismatic politician and economist who believed that individuals should own 100% of what they made or created, but that everything found in nature, particularly land, should belong to everyone. 
So the general idea was that you tax the land and only land, shifting the tax burden to wealthy landlords. His message resonated with many Americans and um, a lot of people kind of jumped on board with the Georgism idea of thinking. So this led to Lizzie coming up with the idea of the board game called the Landlord's Game. Mm -hmm. Now, it was a practical demonstration of the present system of land grabbing with all its usual outcomes and consequences, she said. It might well have been called the game of life as it contains all of the elements of success and failure in the real world. And the object is the same as the human race in general seems to have, i.e. the accumulation of wealth. Her game involved players being able to get rich at the, ex- at the expense of the tenant. So every time you land on someone's um, land that they owned, you had yeah. to pay up. Yeah. Um, it meant that those players who kept doing that only grew poorer um, and the available land decreased. And as the cost of rent increased, um, as the uh, landlords got more hotels, more houses and built up upon the land. Anyone who landed on a railway had to pay. Anyone who wanted light and water had to pay. And anyone who crossed the wrong landowner had to go directly to jail. (gasps) Yes, sissy. Oh, sis, we don't like that. Directly to jail. Go to jail. Pay $200 and go to jail. In Lizzie's game, in one corner was the poorhouse and the public park, and across the board was the jail. Another corner contained an image of the globe, which was a homage to Henry George, and it said, labor upon Mother Earth produces wages. And that would later become known as passing go. So every time you went past this picture of the world, you had reaped the benefits and of you what, get paid. The land, yeah, what the land had produced for you. So, um, As the poor get poorer and the rich get richer, there's no respite and the game only ends when everyone is left poor and there's one person left who owns everything. Everything. So Lizzie actually created the game to show injustice of it all, not to celebrate it. Mm. She says, in a very short time, I hope that men and women and children will discover that um, they are poor because the Carnegies and the Rockefellers of the world have more than they know what to do with. The game that she designed was actually designed with two separate sets of rules, the monopolist rules Mm -hmm. and the anti-monopolist rules. So that when players became poorer and they couldn't afford to keep forking out money, they were able to switch the game into the anti-monopolist version, which mirrored Georgism. So if you were playing her version of the game and you got to the point where you're like, I am running out of money here, the players as a whole could agree that they're going to switch the game to the anti-monopolist version, which was called Prosperity, and they could all keep playing and everyone becomes rich, not just one person. Hmm. That's communism. She says... Isn't it? It's communism. Is it? Yeah. Which is not bad. Yeah. Not a, it just doesn't work. But it communism yeah. is is good. It's a good movement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. 
anything about economics. So, okay, and so she's saying, people will learn that the quickest way to accumulate wealth and gain power is to get all the land they can in the best localities and hold on to it. Let the children see... I believe the children, children are future. You teach them well and you yeah. let them lead, lead the, the way. way. Exactly. Whitney was onto something. Show them all the beauty that they have inside. Yeah, and you let know, the children give them see. a chance. <laughs> let the children see clearly their the laughter, <laughs> the gross injustice of our present land system um, when they grow up and. Um, that how they can soon remedy the evil. So her game spread, becoming a favourite among left-wing intellectuals, particularly in the northeast. It was played at several college campuses, including Harvard and Columbia University, and Quakers actually also loved the idea of the game and um, embraced the game, and they used to play their own versions and they added their own neighbourhood properties to the board. People would draw the board on their tablecloths or on oh. fabric, including, and they would include their own land for context. Yep. Um, and they would make up their own um, rules as wow. well. Lizzie would never have imagined that it was the monopolist rules that would only capture the public's imagination. In 1906, she moved to Chicago that year, um, and she and fellow Georgists formed the Economic Game Company to self-publish her original edition of The Landlord's Game. She and her husband um, then patented patented, patented yep. <laughs> a revised version of the game in 1924, and... Um, this was seen as a way for her to um, reassert control over the game because a lot of people were playing it. She had patented it earlier and the, the, that patent ran out in 1921. Yep. So she redid it. Um, and then uh, in 1932, a second edition of her game was published and um, it included both versions, Monopoly and Anti-Monopoly. Hmm. In the genus the edition. 90, the genus edition. Oh, mind blown. <laughs> Tell you what. Genius. All Annie didn't life. know All my life. that Trivial Pursuit genus edition was exactly that. She always thought it was the genius edition. edition. And, I, and I refused to play it because I would go to people's houses and, they'd, and I'd be like, nah, you've only got the genius edition. <laughs> it was it's harder. It was harder. Yeah. But, you know, the kids' edition was just as hard. I know, but I just – I literally turned down so many games of Trivial Because you thought I was you genius thought and you I'm were not a genius. genius. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. Lizzie was offered, get this, 500 bucks for her game by Parker Brothers. Ugh. And she actually accepted it. Oh, okay. Well, that's a lot of money. She was hoping that her it meant her radical left-wing message would receive a broader audience. Mm. However, she would never make any royalties off what she described as her beloved brainchild. Oh, this is 1935, awful. 1935, three decades after Lizzie had invented the landlord's game. Hang on. Darrow's coming back in, isn't he? Bloody Charles Darrow. Darrow. He took a modified... Who was he? Do we know anything about him? I'll tell you. Okay, come on. He took a modified version of Lizzie's game 
mm-hmm. which only focused on the land-grabbing, rich-get-richer version. Mm. And he sold it to Hasbro. Hasbro. Which later became a subsidiary of Parker Brothers. Beached Hasbro. Beached Hasbro. Oh, let's see what you did there. This oh, fantastic. It's gone full circle. Oh, it's gone full circle, this podcast. Now, Charles claimed the idea as his own. He was unemployed, like we said earlier. He was living in down his mom's basement. And he states still to this day that he invented it. Is he and alive? He came up with it. No, he came up with it in his basement. <laughs> he said that the pieces were modelled. So, you know, the mm. hat and the thing mm. and the thing. The thumble. He used his daughter's charm bracelet. He used his daughter's charm bracelet, mm-hmm. took all the pieces off and used them as the pieces. Okay, so is that board, true? Apparently. Okay, so that's all he did. That's pretty much all he did. Within a year of it. Wait, can we, do we know what pieces there were? Just out of curiosity. There was a thimble which went on your thumb. There was a wheelbarrow. There was, there was, was a top hat. There was a dog. Was there a dog? There was, there was an iron. An iron. I don't know. Hey Siri, what are the, oh thanks. So what are, what are the pieces? Oh, you've got the Irish guy. Could you tell us what the pieces on the Monopoly board contain? Okay, I found this on the web for what the pieces on the Monopoly board contain. Check it out. <laughs> oh, what did you tell the me? Monopoly. Tokens. The tokens. Okay, go. All right, we'll see how many you got, Miss Fanny. Oh, they're right Do- here. You want me to say them again? Yeah, go. Wheelbarrow. No, top hat. It's, it's, cart. Not a, it's a, cart. a cart. Yeah. Top hat. Yes. Boot. Yes. Dog. No, no dog. No dog. What? I don't know where you got a dog from. I thought that sounded a bit odd. <laughs> I don't know. Dog. <laughs> just dog Here's a dog. Iron. Iron. Yes. Um, what else? A thumb. Thimble. A finger. A finger. Thimble. <laughs> a fingle. I think it's called a thimble. A thimble. Or the thumble. A thimble. And there's one more. Oh. Um, Give me a clue. Goes in the water. Boat. Ship. Ship. Yep. That's it. Okay. So, yeah. Boring. <laughs> so, within a year of its release um, with Hasbro. Hasbro. <laughs> uh, 35,000 copies were being made a week. Wow. And more than one billion people had played the game. Darrow Darrow. became the first millionaire game designer in history. He didn't design it, though. He didn't design it. And he was credited as being the original inventor. Oh, my God. This is driving me insane. Yep. In January 1936... An interview with Lizzie appeared in a Washington, D.C. newspaper in which she was critical of Parker Brothers. Yeah. Lizzie spoke to the reporters about the similarities between Monopoly and her game. The landlord's game. The article published spoke to the fact that Lizzie spent more money making her game than she received in earnings, um, especially with the lack of credit she received after Monopoly was created. Lizzie McGee died at the age of 81 in 1948. Oh, my mum was born in that year. Oh. At her death, she was not credited 
for the impact that she had on the board game community and American culture. And there was no mention of the game uh, in her obituary. After her death, though, Lizzie did leave lasting effects, fighting for women's rights and abolition, yeah. whether it be through educating others about these concept, concepts, doing her talks, inventing board games, at the time when women held less than 1% of the patents in the world. Mm. And... Um, yeah, she and that she would um, she would always speak out against the oppression of women and black communities in the United States. Mm. The real origin of Monopoly yeah. was only uncovered forty years later. Then she died. Then um, so it's ninety eight. It, yeah. Yes. Eighty eight. <laughs> I can't do math. Eighty eight. When another guy also tried to steal her idea. And went to Park Brothers with the idea of the anti-monopoly game. He went through a decade-long court battle between Hasbro or Parker Brothers and himself because he wanted to release this version of the game. It was through that trial yeah. that she became uncovered. And really? everyone went, hang on a minute. Charles Actually, Darrow didn't really do this. Yeah. And there's an article that I read from the New York Times which so eloquently puts why we do this podcast. It's hard not to wonder how many other buried histories are still out there, stories belonging to lost Lizzie McGee's who quietly chip away at creating pieces of the world, their contributions so seamless that few of us ever stop to think about the person or people behind the idea. Wow. Even more shocking is that Hasbro, the company of which Parker Brothers owns, which we said, still downplays Lizzie's status and they responded to a request for comment in this article with a terse statement. Hasbro credits the official Monopoly game produced and played today to Charles Darrow. Oh, fuck off. And even at 2015 on the Hasbro website. Yeah. The timeline of the game's history begins in 1935. Now, if all that oh, wasn't a slap in the face. Yeah. In 2019, Hasbro released a version of the game <gasps> no known no. as Ms. Monopoly. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Now, it's supposed to celebrate women trailblazers and spotlights women who have challenged the status quo, according to Hasbro. Instead of buying up properties, players have the opportunity to purchase groundbreaking inventions and innovations made possible by women throughout history. The banker gives $1,900 in Monopoly money to female players and $1,500 to each male why? When players pass go, women again get the upper hand, receiving $240 to men's $200. That's just the opposite. opposite. It's not what it's we want. It's not sexism. what we want. It's re- is it reverse sexism? Well, it is, but it, it's just – it's no, it's sexism. Sexism. It's not reverse yeah, sexism. Yeah. It's just the same Se- sexism. Yeah. But, but – You've changed it's not equality. gender it's... over. We want we don't want more <laughs> than you. We don't want yep. to be bigger. We want to be the same. Yes. Yes. Because I tell you right now, 
if we wanted, oh, she's, on one. she's on one to Heaps be bigger. Scared. If we wanted more, oh, you'd be fucked up. We don't want more. Yeah, we well, want just like the, the minorities, especially African Americans. Yes, they don't want yep. to take everything from you. Yes, yes, they just want the same rights. Same as here, here. LGBTQ equal rights for everybody. Equal for everyone. Yes. Um, also, also on this game, I, this is gonna, oh, she's gonna fire her up even more. <laughs> I'm scared to say it. <laughs> also in this version of the game, investments in real estate from the original game have been replaced by investments in innovations oh, made by women, such as bulletproof vests, Wi-Fi. Chocolate chip cookies and ladies' modern shapewear. But guess Fuck off. who's missing from the list of innovators and inventors? Lizzie McGee. Oh, really? The end. So she wasn't even on the list. No. She's not on the list as an inventor of the game Sorry, that people are they... playing that is her own game. Did you just say that the in- inventions for cookies is in there? Chocolate chip cookies. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) Fuck off. Yeah. And that is the infuriatingly true story of how Monopoly came to be. We need to really plug this one. We will. Because you know what? It just goes to show how many of these books, history books, are wrong. Yep. Yep. How many are there? How many? How many, How many are wrong? How many? Exactly. Exactly. Why can't we have why is why why is the patriarch so frightened of truth? Yeah. The real truth. Yeah. Just say it. Just say it. Just was. say it and embrace it. Yeah. Support it. Yeah. Because we support you. Yeah. Support us. God, could you imagine what the world would be? Absolutely. If they didn't fight us on this. Exactly. Imagine if Charles called up Lizzie and said, fucking great idea, mate. Mate. Let's work together, together. on more games. Because I'm in a basement. Yeah. And I need shit. Can you – because she'd go piss off. <laughs> she probably would. <laughs> no, she wouldn't though. But she'd probably say, Are you into Georgism? And he'd go, yeah. Yeah, well, she – I like both versions took, of this game. She accepted 500 bucks. For, the, for her invention, and he became a millionaire with the with the royalties. And people, the majority of the world still thinks Charles Darrow yeah. is the inventor yeah. of this game. Well, it's on the bloody Hasbro website. I want to blow that away. Lizzie McGee, Lizzie McGee, Lizzie McGee, Lizzie. I want – the only time I've ever wanted – I've never, <laughs> ever wanted to graffiti in my life. Oh, my but gosh. But I want to graffiti. Lizzie McGee invented Monopoly. Everywhere. I just want to put it everywhere. Let's get Let's stickers made. Sticker. Let's make little stickers so people just yes. go, what? Yes. Who cares? Well, go and have a look. Look exactly. that shit up. Yeah. Look at the history of that. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Why don't we do stickers that go, Charles Darrow crossed out, Lizzie McGee invented Monopoly. Monopoly. Oh, my God. Yes. Why don't we do stickers that say the patriarchy invented everything, cross out patriarchy and write women? Well, they didn't invent everything, did they? (laughs) Equal. Equal for all. Yeah, equality. I'm sure they invented something. Yeah. 
Yeah. So but yeah, it's that that reminds me a bit of the Hedy Lamar Wi-Fi story. Yep. Well, it you reminds know, me of amount. a lot of the stories that we told. So, yeah, that's it. Stay tuned for an exciting announcement, possibly next week. Yeah, about we're not going to announce our... it today. Oh, because we're no. going to have a meeting today. We're going to chat about it a bit more, flesh out the idea. But we've just been coming up with ways that we want to let our people who love us, because we do have a little little group of, of amazing women and men who are mm. fans of the, of the pod, um, we want to involve you a bit more and we've got some ideas. So mm. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Sorry for the whistle in your ear. And, just um, and see you later. Oh, <laughs> Look at you. You've got to the end. So if you're still listening, we're just going to give you a few little credity bits. Executive producers of this podcast is me, Eva Jones, and of course, Annie Potatoes. But we've also got Sam Peterson. He's our producer, our editor, our wine boy, our whipping boy. He does everything. And he's also got a great podcast called Confessions of the Idiots. You know, if you want to listen to us, we appreciate you. Follow us on Instagram at chickstreet underscore podcast. And you can email us at mychickstreet at gmail.com.